This is Raptors Shootaround. It's on to the finals. A TSN 1050 playoff special. Oh, baby, what a play. The Raptors and the NBA Finals live here. Yes, guy. Well, here we go. Show number two, Raptors Shootaround. Jim Taddy with you until noon. And this is the day. When you wake up on a day like this, I wonder how you approached it. For me, driving in... I was thinking, well, you don't get to say much is new in this business when you've been around for 44 years, but I can look at it and go, this is a new experience. We're doing the show now, and then later on I go down to Scotiabank Arena and do the two-hour pregame, watch the game, halftime and postgame, and it's the NBA Finals, and I have to tell you, I've never done that before, so this is a pretty exciting day. But that's me. You have your own take. I'm wondering what kind of a day it is for the guy who created it all, the guy who had the idea, the guy who applied for the franchise, the guy who was the original owner. I wonder what he's thinking. Oh, he's on the line. John Bittoff is here. John, welcome. How are you today, sir? You know, Jim, I'm listening to your intro and I'm laughing because I was going to say to you, do you remember the 1994 World Championship of Basketball that you covered? Yes, absolutely. That's how how far we go back and here we are today, another new one. Uh, Absolutely. And and so, I mean, when you look at this, this, uh, the growth of this team, knowing that that you sat in a room somewhere and talked to somebody or had, had the thought as you were waking up or going to sleep to do all this, and I don't know how far back that goes. That must be at least 30 years. How do you feel about this? It's just awesome. It's awesome for the city and the country. You know, I, I was a basketball fan my whole life. Played in high school up at York Mills, and uh, you know, went to would go to when the Buffalo Braves would come to Toronto and play Maple Leaf Gardens. I'd be part of the three or four thousand people that were there that day. And then, you know, I was lucky. I went to Indiana University and saw basketball big time. And I was like, man, if this ever came to Toronto, we will eat it up. And, and so when you were forming the idea to do this, uh, I mean, th- there had to be some stutter steps along the way, some second guessing, but what was your mindset? You know, Jim, there's always stutter steps in everything, but I, I just knew it's a great sport, and I knew packaged right, done right, it would, it would you know, we're, we are a cosmopolitan city, and we would eat it up. And, and in a weird way, it's, it, it kind of helped in terms of just how much more Toronto became, you know, a, a bigger city because from day one, we always knew we had to market to, uh, uh, you know, kids and women and new Canadians and, uh, you know, because we, we let ho- the hockey guys have hockey. Right. Um, this was always going after a new market, new segment, and, uh, you know, the city grew exponentially and, and we grew with it. I, I mean, really, it's, it, it's a marketing exercise, isn't it, when you, when you go through that approach? It really is. I mean, everything, everything we did, I, I, uh, you know, I was listening on one of the radio shows the other day when I was called, you know, Butch was, Carter was finishing up and he was talking about, you know, and even after I left in their ad campaigns that they, you know, made sure that they had women, they made sure they had kids. So we always focused on our target market because, because we knew what we, you know, we knew we had to grow the audience base and we knew taking hockey on was not the way to do it, but it was to give everyone else something else. And you can look back on this now and, and think, wow, I mean, inclusive was always the way to go. It, it took the world a long time to get there, but, but you were there right from the start. Yeah, I think that's a benefit of growing up in this country, and, you know, especially in a city like Toronto. I went to a public high school. You know, we, we had every, every race in, in, and, uh, you know, religion on my football team or basketball team and that stuff. You know, we, we, we just all got along to get the job done. Uh, when you look back on it, I mean, what was, what was the, the biggest hurdle you had to clear? I think the biggest hurdle we had to clear was getting the financing for, uh, you know, the Scotiabank Arena, um, which was Air Canada Centre at the time. 
before the Leafs uh, ended up joining it. Um, it was risky. The, you know, the slates were involved, and after I got out, Alan went ahead, you know, kept going, charging ahead with the project, and he had to do when it was the right, and, and it was the right thing to do because we were the only original six city that didn't have a um, uh, uh, a new arena either on the books or, or or completed at that point in time. So, you know, we, now everyone forgets about Maple Leaf Gardens, but back then nobody liked playing in it. Uh, when you look back on uh, certainly the application, the one lesson that, that you were way ahead of the curve on was to actually ask how to go about applying by approaching the league. Now, there were people that tried to, I guess, bulldoze their way into the NHL where that never worked, but that was obviously the right thing to do. How did you come up with that? I, look, I just, you know, maybe it's the way my parents brought me up. It was, you got to show respect, you got to be humble. When you're trying to join a club of, you know, 25, 30 people, um, trying to barge in the front door is, is never the right way. It's, it's respecting the rules, um, working with them, gaining their confidence. I think that, you know, I was lucky, as we talked earlier, with the 94 World Championships. I had already had a working relationship with the league. The 94 World Championships, you know, were incredibly successful. Um, it was the first time, you know, pros were allowed to play in, in, in the event. But And it was just, you know, they, they knew that, if they gave us the franchise, we would do it differently. So everything from the name to the colors to the marketing, everything we did, we set the foundation. I, you know, I owe a lot to Isaiah as well, and uh, you know, guys like Damon Stoudemire and stuff. Because if you recall back then, Jim, it wasn't easy getting these guys to go on seven thirty, eight thirty in the morning to do radio uh, programming and stuff. Because you know they'd be going to bed at two, three in the morning after they ate after a game. And but they all they all sucked it up, and they knew they had to go out to the schools, go out to the businesses, go out to the community groups, and talk basketball. Uh, as we talk, talked with our mutual friend Tom Manick yesterday, I mean, obviously the you know the the Raptor design, the Raptor name was uh, was an absolute winner. And some of the ones that came in second and third were, were good enough for the league to poach later, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Bobcats and Grizzlies were. It got taken up, but but the Raptor one was really unique. And when we put it in test groups and focus groups, I mean, people, it's always been one of the leading uh, licensed logos. I think we ended up uh, third in licensed merchandise sales in our expansion year, third or fourth, I can't remember. But uh, you know, behind kind of Lakers and Magic with Shaq at the time uh, and the Bulls, but uh, uh, it really resonated. We wanted to create something that would would be global and would be unique, and that's kind of why we went with the dinosaur as well as. You know, no pro teams that uh, had kind of embraced that heritage, as well as dinosaurs that existed in Canada. So everything we did, you know, I'm proud of what the guys did, having guys like Tom on board and uh, and everyone else. You know, we, we approached everything different, and that was part of what was fun. Um, I guess, you know, when you look at this situation now, I mean, how close are you to the Raptors? Did, did I see you in an Orlando game with a, uh, not a courtside seat, but close to it? Yeah, I was I was there with my uh, coincidentally I was there with my son. We we were uh, nearby, so we popped over to grab the game. And then I'm, I'm then I was at one of the Philly games. And then I think I'm nine and zero so far in these playoffs. I'm attending games. Are you going tonight? Of course. There we go for the world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, you're going to have tears in your eyes, aren't you? Yeah, it, it it it's it's maybe not tonight. If we win it, it'll be you know I don't know if you'll be able to, you'll have to resuscitate me. Um, <laughs> Along with but a lot think, of others. Uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, everyone's happy this week. Everyone's going to work. Everyone's, you know, we feel good about the city. We feel good about the country. And you and I know we lived at the 92-93 World Series. But to a lot of the kids and stuff, they haven't experienced something like this. And it's just, it's a joy really to watch. So when you sit there and watch this team now, I mean, it's, a, it, it's like a child that's all grown up. How do you feel? 
really proud. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, the, the current ownership group, you know, Bell, Rogers, Danabon, they've, they've been very nice to me. Um, you know, I got a lot of staff. I hired the mascot from day one out of university. So, you know, he gives me the pregame hug and, you know, it's just, it's, it's, you're just really proud of watching this all happen. And, and quite frankly, you got to take your hat off to Masai because it's very hard to trade your, your marquee player in the belief that you've, you've got someone else who might fit better with what you have to do. And, you know, they've, they've, he's made all the right calls. Well, I, you know, I, I can't say enough about him. I mean, I, I think if, regardless of whatever team you support, if, if you have a, a front office that will draft properly and then understand that, that even though they drafted properly, you need to move some people out to, to get it to the next level and they actually do it, that's pretty rare, isn't it? Well, Jim, especially in this sport where usually everyone, you know, wants lottery picks. Yeah. And, you know, the stat I, I, I read is the first, first time in 50 years uh, a team's made it to the finals without a top 10 player. Uh, draft from the draft. I mean, I don't even know whether that's happened in hockey or baseball as, or football as well. I mean, it's just, it's remarkable what he's done. Yeah, but I mean, that's asset management, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, when it's doing your homework, it's it's uh, finding the right guys, finding the, you know, everyone's got a role, but also the right kind of leaders you want on the team, because you've been around sports, you know, more than I. If you don't have the right attitude in the locker room, it doesn't matter how good they are. You're not going to, you're not going to win the big ones. Absolutely. Uh, John, when you look back to the early days, what would bring a tear to your eye? What would bring a tear to my eye? Yeah, something that you had to put up with or, or get through or, or were really happy that you did. I think, Jim, it's just all of it. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's what I'm really enjoying now is my kids are part of this. They were so young back in the day. I have my two sons. Near me, um, you know, when we when we won uh, last Saturday, and with my wife, we just we just gave a hug, and it was a very emotional moment because you know we all we all feel like this is part of the family, even though it's not anymore. Um, but it's uh, you know living in the city, and it, it, we are, and and we're just we're big fans, and I think it takes you know after I sold, it took a while to become a fan again because you just focused on so many other things when you're at a game and you're part of the ownership. But when you're there as a fan, it's just, it's, it's exciting. John, I want to thank you for going out of your way to appear with us today. And I also want to thank you for what you've given to the city of Toronto, not just with the Raptors, but other ventures as well. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jim. Best of luck. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. That's John Bittoff, the original owner, the original applicant for the Raptors franchise way back when. And so what does this day mean for him? Everything. I mean, this was the guy who had the vision. And for you, it's going to mean something else. And I like what he said about, you know, kids today. I had a guy who I taught uh, at Mohawk College uh, this last semester. And uh, he sent me a note last night saying how excited he was to actually have a team in his lifetime that would be at this level. He hasn't experienced that before, so he's born after the Blue Jays, and this is his first big moment. And and, and that's the great story here. But You know, you talk about the diversity of the city and, and the age uh, demographic chart, and, and it hits everybody. And anytime you can develop something or have an event that hits everybody everywhere and this is not just a local story this is a national story i can't tell you how positive that is and what a great experience it is you know you worry about the the game analysis later on as we will in the pregame show tonight but but for now 
uh, the big show is here. Game one is here. And the Raptors, uh, you know, 24 years later and, and many years before that in, in the boardroom planning things out, it's all happening now. And, and it's an absolute thrill to be a part of to cover. That's not that we're going to be on the bandwagon. We will be objective because we are journalists. But it is a, a fun event. There is some, some humor to it. There's some joy to it and, and something to look forward to. And that's not what you get on a daily basis most of the time. So we enjoy this and, and we, uh, we certainly embrace the moment. Uh, I should tell you that tomorrow morning on First Up, you can win a pair of tickets to see the Raptors in Game 2 of the NBA Finals, courtesy TSN 1050. Landsberg and Koliakovo will announce a very important playoff keyword. You'll want to remember it when you're listening to Overdrive later that afternoon. When Hayes gives you the cue to call, be the first one through with the correct keyword, and you'll be headed to the game. All courtesy TSN 1050. That's first up tomorrow morning. Playoff keyword and overdrive in the afternoon. Uh, supply the keyword to be the first one through with the correct keyword when Hayes asks you to call. And you will be going to game two of the NBA Finals. This is Raptor Shootaround. TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Also available in the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.